This is the One Verse Podcast, where we liberate scripture from religion, one verse at a time. Well, hello, this is Jeremy Myers, and you're listening to the One Verse Podcast. I don't know if you've ever realized that there is a difference between having a relationship and having fellowship with somebody. I think in real life we understand the difference maybe, but when it comes to scripture, if you do not understand the difference between those two terms, those two concepts, you will have great difficulty in understanding some various difficult passages of scripture. One of them is 1 John 1, 6-7, which we're going to look at today. Now, before we do that, I do want to invite you to join my online discipleship group. The content of today's episode is being drawn, sort of a summary, of one of the lessons in my Gospel Dictionary online course. The Gospel Dictionary online course looks at 52 keywords of the gospel. It would be a great year-long Bible study or sermon series uh, if you're part of a small group or church setting like that, uh, although the course isn't done yet. But uh, 52 keywords of the gospel. One of them is the word fellowship. We also look at words like sin and gospel and blood and atonement and uh, salvation. Okay, And uh, so what we do is we define the word and then we look at several passages that are helped by defining that word. All right, And those who join the discipleship group can take the course along with all of my other courses absolutely free. All right, no extra charges for the courses. There's a small uh, monthly or annual donation that I do ask for people who join the discipleship group. Um, and that's just to help cover my costs of podcasting and publishing and blogging, that sort of a thing. All right, anyway, to learn more, you can go to redeeminggod.com join. That's to join the discipleship group. If you want to see which courses are available, just go to redeeminggod.com courses. All right, so uh, if, I hope to see you there. And with that in mind, let's dive into our study of 1 John 1, 6-7 and the concepts of fellowship and relationship. So there are many words in the Bible that often get confused with the concept of gaining eternal life. The big one, of course, is salvation. Lots of people, when they hear, hear the word saved or salvation, they think, gaining eternal life, forgiveness of sins, going to heaven when you die, something like that. And I I have written about before in some of my books and my blog posts, and of course it will be in the Gospel Dictionary online course as well, that the word salvation does not mean going to heaven when you die or gaining eternal life. All right. Uh, Another word that is like that is this word fellowship. In various places in the Bible, we read about having fellowship with God. Especially we see this in 1 John. And when people read that, they tend to think of, you know, oh, fellowship with God. That means going to heaven when you die, or being born again into the family of God, or uh, having a relationship with God, or something like that. But just like the word salvation, the word fellowship does not refer to gaining eternal life. Instead, What it refers to is our experience as Christians within the family of God, all right? Uh, The word fellowship comes from the Greek word koinonia. 
And uh, fellowship's a fine translation of that word. But um, although I'm going to try to talk to Richard Jacobson next week in a podcast episode, we'll interview him. And uh, he's written a book called Unchurching, which is great. We're probably going to talk then about this idea of the Sunday morning church, quote unquote, fellowship that we often think is the church fellowship. You know, it happens between 1030 and noon on Sunday mornings. And lots of people think that that is fellowship. And I don't think a whole lot of fellowship goes on there. But anyway, we'll be talking about that at another time, uh, probably, hopefully next week with Richard Jacobson. I haven't gotten a confirmation from him on that yet, though. So uh, we'll see if, if that happens next week. Church isn't really a fellowship, but I'm going to hold off that discussion for next week if I can. When it comes to various other passages, I think we're going to talk about Hebrews 10.25, by the way, not forsaking the fellowship or the assembling of yourselves together. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with that hopefully when I talk with Richard. Now, the word fellowship, when it comes to other passages, though, it doesn't refer to having eternal life. You need to understand the difference between uh, fellowship with somebody and having a relationship with somebody, okay? The word fellowship is not about gaining a relationship. Instead, it's about maintaining a friendship uh, or, or maintaining love or maintaining unity within a relationship, now, you can't have fellowship without a relationship, right? The relationship must come first. But then after you have the relationship, you can do certain things, work certain ways, uh, act in certain ways to maintain friendship or love or unity within that relationship. And that, the, the, the maintaining the unity and the love and the friendship, that is fellowship. This probably makes the most sense if you just think about how family relationships work, all right? Think about it. There is a vast difference between being born into a family and having a positive, friendly, loving, unifying experience within that family, right? You're born into a family, and at least for human families, we don't really have much say in that. All right, we're just born. But then, if we're going to have a good experience in that family, certain things need to happen, right? Everybody in the family, men, women, parents, adults, children, they sort of need to participate, help out, contribute, forgive, love, work together as a team. All of those things are required for there to be harmony, for there to be fellowship within the family relationships. And generally, what tends to happen in our fallen world is that the friendships that are supposed to exist in a family, these friendships, this fellowship, tends to break down. It happens a variety of ways. You know, a son might rebel against his parents. Or it can go the other way. Parents might neglect or abuse or mistreat their children. And in either case, although the relationship right? That biological bond still exists. Although the relationship still exists, they no longer have fellowship. They no longer have friendship. They no longer experience the togetherness of family. And it's even possible for families to be so broken down 
that uh, people who are related to one another by blood, by family relationships, they might not see each other or even talk to each other for years at a time, maybe even the rest of a person's life. They might spend their whole lives apart. You know, maybe, and sometimes this is, uh, you know, maybe just a a parent has a child, you know, mother maybe, before she's ready, and so she gives up the baby for adoption. And there's a wide variety of circumstances that can lead to that. I'm not faulting the mother for that. At least she brought the baby to, to, to full term, gave birth to the baby, and then let it experience life and grow up. Uh, so, so that's fine. Um, but it can happen the other way as well. Sometimes maybe a child might run away from the, the, the parents, and se- or because of something the parents have done, disown the parents, sever all contact with them, never talk to them, speak to them, call them, write them, nothing like that, okay? But note that even in these situations where there is no more contact between parent and child, or child and parent, and even in these situations, there's no fellowship, there is still the relationship, right? From that biologic, from the, the, the blood relative perspective, children are always related to their parents and vice versa. And nothing can reverse that, right? Once a child is born, they are eternally related to their parents. And nothing can reverse that. The, the, the child can even take a different name. I mean, even by adoption, they sign papers and they become now the child of another set of parents. Well, even in those situations, they are still biologically related. They still have that blood relationship to their biological parents. All right? So nothing can erase or do away with that relationship. And I've talked elsewhere, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it here, but I have talked elsewhere that that is exactly how it works when you're born into the family of God. When you are born again, you there, there's nothing that can erase that or do away with it. You are eternally secure, all right? You have everlasting life, which can never be lost. It cannot be undone, it cannot be reversed, just like being born into a regular biological family, all right? Um, however, and here's the key, and this is what we're talking about t- today, even though you have this eternal relationship, you can lose your fellowship. You know, if a person says, if a Christian, a person believes in Jesus and they get everlasting life, they are now born again. And then, then something happens in their life, some tragedy, or maybe they just misunderstand what God's doing, or, or, or their marriage falls apart, or they lose their job, or they lose a child, or just they get sick. There's a wide variety of things that can happen. And so finally, maybe one of these children of God, this person who has everlasting life, they're part of the family of God, maybe they shake their fist at God and tell God they hate him, they never want to see him again, they never want to talk to him. Okay, teenagers sometimes say that to their parents, right? But does that mean when that happens that the teenager's no longer related to their parents? No, their fellowship becomes broken, but the relationship is unchanged. And that is exactly what happens when a Christian lashes out at God. Now, God will never leave us or forsake us or abandon us like some human parents abandon their children. Okay, But sometimes as children of God, we do lash out at God, say mean things to him, and try our best to not have anything to do with him. In those situations, they still have the relationship, but they do not have fellowship. Now, obviously, this is not God's ideal. (laughs) 
God wants everybody that has a relationship with him to also have fellowship with him. Right? God desires both relationship and fellowship. And not only us with him, but also each of us with one another. All right, to have fellowship with one another. The healthiest, the happiest way to live within the family of God is to have fellowship with God and fellowship with one another. By the way, this is probably what 90, I don't know, 98% of the Bible is all about. All right. Uh, we, we Christians love to talk about eternal life, believing in Jesus for eternal life, going to heaven when we die. And that truth is in the Bible, especially in the Gospel of John. Okay, but the majority of the Bible, well over 95% of the Bible, is about this fellowship, discipleship concept, about how to live in harmony, live in fellowship with God, and live in fellowship, in unity, in love, and forgiveness with other people. That's what most of the Bible is all about. Now, obviously, most of the times the word fellowship isn't used, some other concept, term, idea is used. But this is what most of the Bible is about, and that's why it is so important to understand the difference between relationship and fellowship. Because look, if you think that there's no difference, that all of these passages and chapters and books of the Bible that are talking about how to have fellowship with God and fellowship with other believers, if you think that all of those are about how to gain a relationship with God, how to be born again, how to get eternal life— then you are going to think that eternal life is based on works, on loving God and loving others and obeying God and doing what God wants and forgiving others and showing grace and mercy to others and and doing certain things and not doing other things, okay? All of those, though, are about fellowship with God and fellowship with others. Those are not about how to gain a relationship with God. Anyway, All of this helps us understand so many passages in the Bible. One of them is 1 John 1, 6-7, and that's the passage we want to look at today. Let me just read it for you, and it says this. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light— We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Okay, so let me just back up here a little bit. Lots of people think that 1 John is about tests of life, how to know whether you really have eternal life or not. The reason they think that is because they confuse the concepts of relationship and fellowship. They think that when we say, if we, like when when 1 John writes uh, in verse 6, if we say we have fellowship with him, they hear that and say, oh, so if we claim we are a Christian, or if we claim we have eternal life, right, but walk in the darkness, that is, you know, sin and disobey God and do the things that God doesn't want us to do, then we lie and do not practice the truth. And you see, this is how 1 John, the message of 1 John gets twisted and turned upside down, because John doesn't, he's not saying if we say we're a Christian or if we claim to have eternal life. He's not saying that. He's saying if we say we have fellowship. This is about friendship and unity and an ongoing joyful experience as a Christian in the family of God. This is not about how to gain eternal life. All right, so 1 John is not these tests of life. It's tests of fellowship. Here's how you can know. Here's how you can work. Here's some things you can do to help you have fellowship with God and fellowship with one another. All right, and and 
this is what most of First John is all about. Okay, now there is some things there at the end of First in First John five about how to know whether you have eternal life. But again, I'll save that discussion for another time. The 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 proper this what I'm trying to say. This understanding of the word fellowship helps clear up all the confusion about First John. John is giving us instructions about how to have fellowship with God and fellowship with one another, and he's saying, "Do this, do that. Don't do this, don't do that." All right. If we walk in sin and darkness, well, guess what? God doesn't walk in sin and darkness. God walks in the light. And so if you claim that you're a friend of God, that you hang out with God, that you have fellowship with God, that you walk with God, but meanwhile, you're walking in sin and darkness, well, clearly the two things can't be true at the same time because God doesn't walk in sin and darkness. Now, God will come get us there, okay, to bring us into the light, okay, but There is no fellowship with God while we're also fellowshipping with darkness. God walks in the light. And if we want to walk with God, then we must walk in the light as well. Again, this is about fellowship, not relationship. How do we get the relationship? We believe in Jesus for eternal life. A person can be a child of God, can have eternal life, can have an eternal relationship with God, while still walking in the darkness, sinning, rebelling. Now, they will lose out on their fellowship with God, right? Uh, Their friendship with God. But God is not going to take away their relationship. Their behaviors doesn't prove that they never had the relationship in the first place. Nothing like that. The way to have fellowship with God is to walk with God where God is, which is where? In the light. All right, in what he tells us and instructs us about who he is and what he's like and what he wants us to do. If we want to go with God, well, we got to go where God is going, doing what God wants us to do, because that's where God is. God is in the light. All right, so walking in the light, it leads us to fellowship with God, and it also leads us to fellowship with one another. And, of course, even when we sin, and this is what John goes on to talk about, even when we sin, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from that sin. Um, Even when we're not aware that we're sinning, his blood is cleansing us from that. And then when when we become aware of it, we're supposed to confess it. Okay, this is verses 8 and 9 and so on, 1 John 1, uh, 8 and 9, okay? Uh, And he goes on to talk about that. What about, you know, because people have that concern. Well, I'm trying to walk in the light, but sometimes I sin, sometimes I make mistakes. That was true in John's day as it is in ours. That's why John immediately went on to write about 1 John 1, 8 and 9, confessing our sin, okay? Admitting, yeah, God, I'm sorry. As long as we do that, we maintain fellowship with him. When God, by his Spirit, convicts us, points our sin out to us, we can either admit and agree with him, yeah, God, I did that, I see how that's wrong, or we can deny it. And if we agree, then we continue to maintain that fellowship. But if we deny it, then... We're out of fellowship. We lose that fellowship. We break that fellowship with God. And uh, we will continue to journey into further darkness as long as we deny the truth that God is revealing to us. Okay? So that's just one verse out of many that we could look at about this difference between fellowship and relationship and how, once we understand the difference, these troublesome, tricky texts make a whole lot more sense. Let me just sort of review it for you really quickly. The difference between fellowship and relationship is best seen by looking at our own family relationships. 
okay? You can have a biological relationship with somebody without participating in fellowship with them at all. You're not going to see them at holidays. You're not going to call them, send them emails, send them texts. You know, you're, you're not going to write them letters, send them email. You're just, you're not even ever going to see them. Maybe you get to the point where you don't even think about them. But that doesn't mean that you don't have a relationship with that person. The relationship is eternal. Once it's a historical fact, it's a done deal. Nothing can dissolve it or break it. And that is the same way it is with God. All right, and with other Christians. Once we believe in Jesus for eternal life, then we're born again. We have eternal life. We have everlasting life. And of course, everlasting life can never be lost or it has the wrong name. We are born again in the family of God. But that doesn't stop. Our relationship, our fellowship, our life with God doesn't stop there. That's just the beginning. Like being born. That's just the beginning. To maintain our fellowship, to have the love and the unity and the full joy, the experience of everything God wants for us, then we have to live in certain ways, act certain ways, do certain things. And all of that leads to greater fellowship with God and greater fellowship with Christians. I hope that makes a whole lot more sense for you, especially in this passage, 1 John 1, verses 6 and 7. Uh, and lots of other passages. And I do talk about several others in my online course, The Gospel Dictionary. This dictionary entry on fellowship is already up, and we look at several texts in that uh, lesson that that, uh, will be helpful for you as well. Uh, And next week, we're going to look at fellowship. I'm going to try to get Richard Jacobson on, author of Unchurching, talk about Christian fellowship. And is it really what takes place on Sunday morning between 10.30 and 12.00? Or is Christian fellowship something different? And what about Hebrews 10.25, about not forsaking the assembling or the fellowship of yourselves together? Does that really mean we have to go to church, this building, this brick building with the steeple on Sunday morning from 10.30 to 12? Is that what we're, was that what the, how, how to obey that command there? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Probably not. Uh, or at least that's not the only way to do it. Okay, so I hope this was helpful for you. And again, if you want to join the discipleship group, learn more about the courses, you can start by seeing which courses are available. Just go to redeeminggod.com courses, and you can join the discipleship group by going to redeeminggod.com join. I really, really hope you consider joining us and uh, learning all there is there for you about fellowship with God and fellowship with others. We do have some good fellowship in the discipleship group as well in our private Facebook uh, group and online forum, which are available for discipleship group members also. Hey, thank you so much for listening today. We'll see you next week, hopefully, right back here when I talk to Richard Jacobson about the word fellowship and what it means to have Christian fellowship in our churches. See you then. Okay, bye. Bye.